Neither Satan nor the world nor the sin that dwells within our flesh will ever lead us to life. It's just not possible. They don't have any life within themselves, so how can they lead us down a path that is contrary to their own existence and nature? That's why it is impossible to be saved without making Jesus Christ the literal and effective Lord of your life. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. As part of today's message, we'll be sharing about being counted worthy of the kingdom of God. According to the Bible, we can only find salvation through faith and God's grace, through the person of Jesus Christ. But we also find in the Bible that His grace and salvation have a definite purpose, and that when we understand that true purpose for why we were created, then we will come to be counted worthy of His kingdom. Using our free will to love the Lord and obey Him is what makes us worthy of entering His kingdom. Today's message is inspired on 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, blessed Lord, mighty God, creator of heaven and earth. Lord God, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and your mercy, for your everlasting love. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you are truly good to us. Thank you, O Lord, for your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the forgiveness of sins that we find through him. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can trust in you. Lord God, I pray, Heavenly Father, humbly that you may please forgive my sins. Lord, I know that I am forgiven, but as David said, my sin is always before me also. We are not perfect yet, Lord God, and we will not be perfect until we see you face to face, until we are transformed. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that you may please speak to our hearts, to our minds. Help us to have an open mind, an open heart, Lord God, willing to listen, willing to learn, willing to take in your word, what your Holy Spirit wants to tell us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Today's key passage reading can be found in the second letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 1. This is the word of the Lord. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels." in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, 
that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is through faith, but there must be fruit. There must be a product. We were made and saved through Jesus Christ for a purpose, a reason. When we come to true faith in Jesus Christ, we should come to acknowledge the true meaning of our existence, the why we are. And I know this will be disappointing to most, but it's not about doing your own thing or fulfilling your will and desires and accomplishing your goals. Doing God's will and doing your will are two completely different things. And that is how we come to understand that we can be counted worthy of this calling to salvation, which again requires a product, something that must be generated from our own lives. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10 tells us this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Most believers like very much the first couple of verses of that passage. And of course, what is not there to like, that we were saved through faith and not through works. We can never be good enough on our own. We cannot work our way into heaven. That is an irrefutable truth in the Bible. But if we understand the complete view or the context of the passage by looking at the next verse, we can then understand why we were made and why we were saved through Jesus Christ. Because again, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the message is simple. Ever since the beginning, God created us, but with a reason. Our existence has to do with the purpose, with a function, if you will. When we were not in Christ, walking in our own ways, doing our own will, obeying the sin that was leading us to eternal death and destruction, we were certainly far away from living for the Lord, from living out our intended purpose. Quite frankly, when a person is without Christ in their lives and not under his lordship, there is someone else in charge, and that is sin. And when we obey sin, we obey death. Ultimately, we are obeying the world and Satan. The Bible tells us that we were God's enemies when we were without Jesus as the Lord of our lives. I know that no one likes to know that, but that's the truth. That's why it is so important to acknowledge and accept the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. And for very practical reasons. We need to change masters. Otherwise, if we keep following the master of sin and death, then that's where we will be led to. Neither Satan nor the world nor the sin that dwells within our flesh will ever lead us to life. It's just not possible. They don't have any life within themselves, so how can they lead us down a path that is contrary to their own existence and nature? That's why it is impossible to be saved without making Jesus Christ the literal and effective Lord of your life. That's why the Bible explains that salvation occurs in this manner. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And so, as we read, we must confess the Lord Jesus, meaning that we must submit to his lordship. We must hand over and surrender our lives to him. We need to belong to him and we must do as he says. That is why he himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
it should be perfectly clear that everything must be done through him and that he will lead us to the Father. But what happens if a person continues to do their own will and just looks to accomplish their own goals? The truth is that if a person continues down that path, they are not in fact following Jesus, for Jesus himself came to do the Father's will. And if a person is not doing what Jesus tells him to do, then even though they may profess believing in the Lord, they are still heading down a path that is away from him and from his leadership. And that's a big problem. We cannot fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 25 explains it like this. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. When we surrender our lives to the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes to live in our hearts. That's the Spirit that we just read about. But we must follow that Spirit and what the Spirit tells us to do. This is something voluntary. So this is something we must always keep in mind, and that is what God will never force anyone. He will provide circumstances and situations to help us get on the right path, and He will even exercise discipline for when we do things wrong. But He will never force anyone to do anything they really don't want to do. That is a free will that exists in love. Love is never forced. And we see this evidenced in the fruit of the Spirit, in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All things that are not forced, but rather produced voluntarily as a person is convinced by their faith in Christ as they subject their heart, their soul, their mind, and their strength to the Lord. Out of love, out of their own free will, because they have reason within themselves to do so through the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And so, obedience is a voluntary action also. And ultimately, salvation comes through an initial obedience and it is maintained through an ongoing obedience. It's not just about believing in Jesus at the beginning and that's it, but it is also about maintaining that faith, abiding in that faith, and living out that faith until the end of our physical existence. And that faith is shown through obedience. When we accept Jesus as Lord, we are only acknowledging voluntarily a certain and irrefutable reality. And that is why salvation is based on obedience. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 6 tells us this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ 
and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Here is the truth that we always need to keep in mind as well. We do not do God a favor by believing in Him and by surrendering our lives to Him. We do ourselves a favor. In the same manner, we do ourselves a great favor obeying the Lord and doing as He tells us to do. God doesn't lose anything personally when people choose to disobey Him and to disregard His truth. God remains unaffected personally. He continues being the God of the universe and His kingdom is eternal, immovable, unshakable, and completely unaffected by people who refuse to believe in Him. We are the ones that lose out when we disobey. People lose the opportunity of eternal life when they refuse to believe and submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And also, people lose out on blessings and gifts that come from the Lord when there is disobedience, even when professing faith in Him. That is why it is in our own best interest to believe God and to do as He tells us to do for our own eternal good and also to have access to His many blessings even in the here and now. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6 says this, for instance, about Abraham, the father of faith. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. We need to believe his word, what he tells us to do for our own good so that we can have access to that eternal life he gives through Jesus Christ. But not looking to do our own will, but rather looking to do his will, his desire, which ultimately translates into eternal blessings and rewards for us, for those that follow him and love him. And we show our love to him by obeying Him. That is the whole reason for making Jesus the effective and literal Lord of our lives. John chapter 14, verse 21 to 24, tells us the following. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. That is how the eternal miracle happens. That is how we begin living out the immortality that can only be found in and through Christ Jesus. And love is ultimately the path to salvation, but loving a person, the person of Jesus Christ, and showing that love by doing what he tells us to do. 1 John chapter 4 tells us more about this, where it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. 
If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. This is how our love for God is shown and how everything in our lives change when we come to obey God in love. Living out that love for him through obedience by looking to do his will, by looking to fulfill his desire. And this is the way we overcome our greatest weakness, fear. When we come to know more and more the Lord and follow him in his ways, looking to do his will, then all fear is cast aside. There is no more fear. Many would say that death is probably the thing that people fear the most. But for the Christian, for the person that has put their complete trust in the Lord by obeying his will, it is actually something that is no longer feared. It is looked upon as the event that needs to happen so that we can attain all of those things that God promises through his word to those that love him. It is actually the threshold we need to cross to get to our eternal hope where we move towards our immortality without the burden of sin in our lives. At that point, we are no longer tied to the weaknesses of our flesh. We are made into the new beings that God intends for us to be for all eternity. It will be a beginning with no end. We will live in a place that is more than good. It is perfect for all the former things have passed away. This is why obeying the Lord should make perfect sense to us because there is a much greater picture to be taken in than this very temporary and imperfect world. We are just passing by. Our life here is but a moment, but eternity, well, it's forever. And here is what fulfills all of the law and the prophets, the very thing that should be the basis for why we exist and how immortality is achieved through the person of Jesus Christ how we are ultimately counted worthy of the kingdom of God, as we continually remind you through the Spirit, for it is written, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. When we truly love the Lord that has done everything for us with our complete being, that is when we come to be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Why should being counted worthy of the kingdom of God be important to us? For many reasons. But just to name a few, we should keep in mind that it is only fair to love the Lord with everything we are. We owe everything to Him. We owe Him creating us, making us, and giving us life. If we exist and live at this very moment 
why you're hearing this message, it is because he wills it. Just as the Apostle Paul once said, for in him we live and move and have our being. All the things you can do are because he allows you to do them. And of course, we owe him our salvation. Jesus Christ has made eternal life, immortality, attainable through his person, through the shedding of his holy blood, through his death and burial, but also through his resurrection. As the only one that has conquered death, he lives and reigns forever as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We can have eternal life thanks to him. But this is also the very practical reason for why we should obey the Lord, so that we can be counted worthy of his kingdom. If others did not obey the Lord and fulfill the wishes of the Lord, you and I would not have this opportunity today. God does everything, but he uses people that desire to love him and serve him. If it were not for people like the apostles and like so many others that even sacrificed their lives so that we could have the opportunity of salvation, we would not even know who Jesus Christ was and what the path to salvation would be like. Others lived and sacrificed for the Lord so that we could have their same opportunities. And so if you and I have this eternal hope to look forward to through Jesus Christ, wouldn't it be the right thing to also obey the Lord and even sacrifice our lives if needed so that others that come after us could have the same hope, that same opportunity we were given? Someone or some people lived, sacrificed, and even died for the Lord so that I could have the faith that I have today. There was an obedience that showed them worthy of the kingdom of God because ultimately those that are counted worthy of the kingdom are worthy through Jesus Christ because they resemble his actions and his love. You should ask yourself this question. Why would God let anyone into his kingdom if they neither love him nor desire what he wants nor look to obey and follow him? God will not force anyone to do or be where they don't want to be. If we want to be counted worthy of his kingdom, then we should want to be like those things that form part of his kingdom. And as always, if you have made some wrong turns and bad decisions because of giving in to your sinful nature, you can find grace and forgiveness in the Lord by repenting with all of your heart and turning away from your sins. That is where God's grace thrives, when we have a humble and contrite heart with a desire to change and become what he wants us to be. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you, O Lord, for Jesus Christ. Thank you, O Lord, for your sacrifice through him. Thank you, O Lord, because you truly love us, because we don't deserve salvation, Lord God. We don't deserve redemption. We don't deserve your grace. Help us to understand that, Lord God. Help us to understand that we deserve nothing. Lord God, that you have chosen to be good to us. You have taken it upon yourself to bring us salvation through Jesus Christ. Lord God, what more could we ask for? Heavenly Father, help us not to have this vision of, of, the, of the temporary only, Lord God, of just looking for the things that are here and now, Lord God. But help us to appreciate what you have done for us, Lord God. Help us to value, Lord God, the salvation that we have through Jesus, the eternal life that we have through him, Lord God, and that that should be more than enough because we were eternally lost without you, Lord God. 
Help us not to be earth-minded, Lord God, but rather heaven-bound, Lord God, looking forward towards the goal, towards the prize, towards you, Lord God, and spending eternity with you, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, to have, Lord God, that love that you deserve, Heavenly Father. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, and yours is the glory forever and ever, Lord God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Help us, O Lord, to be counted worthy of your kingdom through your Son, Jesus Christ, but also because of the likeness of Jesus that we have in our lives. Help us to strive for that likeness, O Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes Store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.